This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Designed specifically for venture-backed startups, Brex is the perfect corporate card for fast-growing companies. Head to brex.com and sign up with the promo TFR to get waived card fees for life. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome to another special release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts discuss a startup that they did invest in, what the key factors were that led to yes, and how that investment has worked out. Here's the segment called Why I Invested. On today's special segment, we have Jordan Knopf of Tusk Ventures. Jordan, can you tell us a story about a startup that you invested in, how you met the founder, and what made you say yes? Uh, absolutely. So I love to talk about a company that uh, it was the way that the way that I was introduced to them uh, was very unique because I got an introduction by two different people, uh, completely unrelated, within about twenty minutes of each other, uh, and that's to a company called Lemonade. So Lemonade is uh, as a very exciting, fast-growing um, insurance company that is uh, kind of reinventing the way that uh, a traditional property and casualty insurance provider works. Uh, I was introduced to them, one, by the first call that I got was actually from the CEO's brother, who was an, actually is the CEO of another startup that I had talked to previously, um, called me and said, uh, you know, I think that that my brother, Daniel, uh, you know, could use your guys' help and introduce me to Daniel Schreiber, the CEO. Also got a phone call from one of their seed stage investors that made an investment in Lemonade, uh, got a call from, from a left and uh, wanted to, to uh, explore potential partnership there. So that's how we were introduced, introduced to, to them. And uh, kind of why, why this made so much sense for us was that, you know, one, uh, this is an industry that uh, it, whenever I, I was doing a deep dive into into uh, insurance tech, and uh, it's a highly fragmented industry that was uh, you know born out of consolidation. You look at you, you from a top down approach. You look at uh, the top ten premium writers were sixty one percent of the market share, and, and then you basically have twenty five hundred or so other uh, carriers that are scrapping it out for the rest. So um, I'm looking out downtown right now, and I see uh, I'm looking at a giant sign that says, uh, you know, MetLife. It's a, a lot of these buildings that cost a lot of money that uh, have a lot of people, you know, marrying disparate systems and uh, really an inefficient process that uh, is begging for straight through processing to come in and, and help eliminate and effectively price, uh, you know, products that are in, in markets like property and casualty. So uh, what actually really, really solidified uh, the reason why we wanted to say yes to this deal, however, was kind of working hand in hand, being in, in the foxhole with the founders of the company and, uh, you know, helping them kind of navigate uh, the regulatory environment and introduce this new type of platform 
to the regulatory uh, officials here in New York was uh, something that you build you build that relationship with a founder and put all the faith in the world behind Daniel and, and the management team there. And uh, we think that uh, this company is uh, is one that if there's anyone that can pull this off. It's it's the, it's the team over at Lemonade. On today's special segment, we have Peter Wilkins of Hyde Park Angels. Peter, can you walk us through a situation where you did decide to invest, what the key factors were that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far? The way that we invest is it's going to be, and this is our process, we look at the value proposition, we look at the traction in the market, we look at the management's team's ability to grow the business in the immediate to near term and the ability for that investment to grow so that we can get the next round of capital to continue to grow the business. That is all built upon making sure that we have the domain expertise to evaluate that market, that business, and then have that same expertise to support a post-investment. That is our cycle of looking at everything. That's how we do our process. And I think that when you look, we will probably do 20 deals this year. 10 of those will be follow-on, so 10 new deals. We can look across different industries, and if we have domain expertise that can validate the value prop, then the rest of the things start to be very common. So we can evaluate across all four verticals that I talked about that we focus on. So that's our process. We keep on building on it, but we think that what we try to do as an angel group is to have similar verbiage and similar evaluation processes so that we can get stronger as a group, help our porcos and our entrepreneurs more effectively and get better at our investments. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Your startup is going to change the world and the right corporate card will get you there even faster. The Brex corporate card for startups offers 10 to 20 times higher limits than traditional corporate cards, automated expense tools, and huge rewards like four times points back on travel, three times back on restaurants, and two times back on recurring SaaS spend. And all with no personal guarantee. Sign up at brex.com and get waived card fees for life with the code TFR. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Assure. For over three years, Newstack has been raising capital on a deal-by-deal basis, allowing individual investors to select each startup investment. Assure is the company behind the scenes that powers this process. When we have 10, 20, or 30 angels investing in a startup, we can't put all those folks directly on the startup's cap table. So those investors are rolled into a special purpose vehicle that occupies just one line item on the cap table. And Assure handles all ongoing fees, finances, and K-1s for us. We pay a one-time upfront fee and avoid all the required yearly admin filings and bills. If you run an angel group or you would like your LPs to invest in deal-by-deal sidecars, Go to assure.co slash TFR for 20% off your first SPV. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Anand Sanwal of CB Insights. Anand, this is where I typically ask investors about an investment that they made and a key reason why they invested. 
but I'd like to switch it up and get your take on misleading indicators. So are there any false positives that you've noticed with regards to early stage startups? And if so, what data points or characteristics have you found that may look great on paper, but can be misleading? Yeah, so I think, you know, when we look at, you know, in Mosaic kind of, we're always looking at data and trying to see, you know, how could we be deceived, right, in some sense. And so, you know, the one that we've seen recently is Twitter, right? So I think like people will look at, well, you know, are you getting, you know, it's a simple one, but I think people use it as like a simple heuristic sometimes. And they'll look at, hey, do a lot of people follow you, right? Or are you getting chat, you're getting talked about a lot? Um, is there a buzz around you? And this is obviously more relevant to maybe consumer tech companies. And I think, you know, there, there's a lot of gamesmanship that we're sort of uncovering there, right? So it's not a secret that people pay for followers and they pay for a lot of things here. So I think, you know, you can get deceived by the data and think that a company has momentum based on the fact that there's all this sort of social media buzz about them. You know, I think that's one thing. The other side is on the mobile app side, disaggregating kind of organic, you know, sort of virality that might be part of the app from just paid installs, right? I think that's the other one. It's a challenging problem, but I think that's another area that we can are starting to sort of figure out how can we tackle what sort of truly sort of indicates traction versus what are you just sort of goosing by throwing money at it. So I think those are a couple of, of the things that we've seen. You know, we're always looking at hiring activities, another one, right? So I think you could look at hiring activity on just an absolute basis and say, oh, company's growing, things must be going well. Right. But you have to really unpack that. You have to look at what's their pace of hiring relative to comparables, right? Because that kind of tells you a little bit about their momentum and their health versus other companies in this in a similar space. And then you have to unpack it further and look at what types of roles are they hiring in, right? So yep. if they and I kind of mentioned this earlier, if you're hiring lots of salespeople, you know, that's often an indication that you've got maybe you've got sort of that initial product market fit in your scaling. Right. That's very different than if you're hiring lots of engineers. Right. And that's there's not one that's it's not necessarily one is better than the other, but they do have different signal values. And I think not just looking at hiring as this sort of one size fits all metric, you do have to unravel it a bit to sort of determine, you know, is the company actually growing because the product is now working and people want it or is it growing because they're still figuring it out or the VP of sales keeps getting fired? That's clearly, you know, then even though they have a VP of sales opportunity every four months, that <laughs> looks like, oh my God, they're growing so fast. They're hiring a VP of sales. But you got to remember that they had that same position four months ago and then that same position eight months ago. So that's a problem. So I think these are things that um, the data picks up on. Um, and, you know, again, like an analyst just couldn't do this work, right? right if you told right. me, if you came, if Nick, you were the partner and you came to me and said, Hey, on, and like, there's, here's 700 companies, like go figure out who's the, who's the best of this bunch. Right. I, I, it'd be, it ruined my weekend. And by the time <laughs> I was done on Monday, it'd be outdated. Right. Like right. maybe, you know, we just don't know what happened in the time I finished to when I presented it. So. Interesting. Yeah. Your point on Twitter, uh, there's so much noise now on Twitter. It's crazy. Yeah. We do this weekly newsletter called Venture Weekly. And um, the way we pull it is we only pull blogger written articles, VC and angel bloggers, but we go out, we have an algorithm that looks for all social shares for the week, right? And then we also look at followership. So you take somebody like Fred Wilson, who's got, let's say 250,000 followers, 
then you take yeah. somebody like Tom Tungus, who has, let's yeah. say, 50,000, 50, right? And so yeah. to try and get to apples to apples, we divide the article's shares by their followership. Um, okay, yeah. It's and good. So we try and figure out, you know, are they getting sort of the appropriate amount of shares for their followership? And those two are, are very real, very transparent, very well-earned follower investors that I just mentioned. But there are pretenders out there. There are some investors that they have all these followers that never share their stuff and certainly not yeah. on a equivalent basis as as others. So it's kind of an interesting exercise. Yeah, you know, that's a hard thing, especially if you're looking at sort of VC content, right? Because there's uh, some of it that's very good and there's some of it that isn't. So uh, so <laughs> yeah. I think like using what you're doing is probably a, a good way to, to filter pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. We've got a few other things like we compare Fred Wilson this week to how did he do last week versus what's his average and stuff like that. But Oh, cool. What's top- the name of that newsletter? Sorry. It's Venture Weekly. Okay, cool. Yeah. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. 